one about real Jesus. People often describe him as a good man, regardless of belief in his divinity or the resurrection. There is something compelling about him. People were drawn to him 2,000 years ago, and talk of what he said and did has continued for centuries. His existence as a good moral teacher is widely recognised. In fact, recently, I've had two people say that he had a good moral code or words to that effect. But did he? Were his stories, actions and behaviour morally acceptable? Or is there a case for an immoral Jesus? It's probably important at this point to define the word moral. So a quick Google exploration reveals the definition as standards of behaviour, principles of right and wrong. So Jesus had good standards of behaviour. He held to high principles of proper conduct, did he? I'm not convinced. Jesus spoke to women, talked to them as if they were interesting, as if they had value. The thing was that in first century Palestine, women were not valued. They had their place, it was at home. Zava Glaser, an expert in Jewish history, writes, By publicly including women in his ministry, Jesus shattered the prejudicial customs of his day. Why was it unusual for Jesus to speak with women? Nothing in the Mosaic law prevented men and women from conversing with one another. Yet, the society of Jesus' day, with custom dictated by rabbinic Judaism, differed strikingly from the Old Testament social order. Women were not allowed to testify in court. In effect, this categorised them with Gentiles, minors, deaf-mutes and undesirables, such as gamblers, the insane and pigeon racers. It wasn't just women that Jesus' engagement with was questionable. One of his disciples, one of the cl people closest to him, was a tax collector. Tax collectors were Jews who worked for the Roman Empire, the oppressive regime occupying the Jewish land. Tax collectors collaborated with this evil force. They took money from fellow Jews and gave it to the Romans, actions seen as somewhat traitorous. Tax collectors kept money for themselves, so were also known as liars and cheats. Untrustworthy individuals, not people to befriend. So to hang out with tax collectors was questionable behaviour. I read a fascinating book about Jewish culture in the time of Jesus. The author describes Jesus' interactions with tax collectors. Imagine, for instance, how it would have felt to follow Jesus through the door of Matthew's house, eating with tax collectors, sinners who were considered the stooges of Rome. For the disciples to eat with such despicable men would have been scandalous. But that's who Jesus ate with, who he laughed with. Maybe his morals should be in question. It wasn't just who he ate with. It was also the stories he told about who shared meals, like the father who prepared a feast for the son who'd wished him dead, or the story about the great feast, which some guests refused an invitation to. So the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame on the street were instead invited. People you wouldn't eat with. People who wouldn't eat together. Because eating together was significant. Jeremiah notes that in the East, even today, to invite someone to a meal was, was to extend an, honor, an offering of peace, trust and forgiveness. Jesus' meals with sinners weren't merely social revenues or just signs of his empathy for the lowly, though he was compassionate. But did he take compassion too far? He allowed a prostitute to pour oil over his feet and wipe them with her hair. Imagine that, a prostitute, really? His compassion also extended to Samaritans, both in person and in parable. He talked with a Samaritan woman at the well, and he told the now very famous story of the Good Samaritan, 
as Rob Bell identifies, the phrase Good Samaritan was an impossibility. The Samaritans were hated by the Jews, considered unclean as half Jew, half Gentile, a people with their own understanding of Jewish law and their own expression of worship. The division went back hundreds of years. So this story of the Good Samaritan was brilliant, clever, even subversive. Jesus taunted, almost mocked the Pharisees, the keepers of the law. He provoked them with his radical teaching and worked on the Sabbath. He was accused of blasphemy. His seemingly immoral behaviour and his constant challenge to the religious system and to those who ran it, along with his refusal to conform to the empire which occupied the land, all led to his death. Just a good bloke? I'm not so sure. These are not the actions of just another good moral teacher. They are more the actions of a subversive rebel. Jesus would probably be more at home and have I got news for you than songs of praise. So what if many of us miss the revolutionary, radical, controversial teaching of this first century rabbi? What if far too easily Jesus gets written off as a long-haired Swedish-looking hippie with some good ideas rather than the religious and political threat he actually was? What if that's why they killed him? So where does that leave us? Do we keep Jesus locked in a box with the Tooth Fairy, Father Christmas and the Easter Bunny? Do we write him off as a historical figure of some note, but now not so relevant? Do we place him on a golden cross at a safe distance and respectfully bow the knee? Or do we find a way to reread what he taught, seeing it for the life-giving, energising, hope-filled news that it was and actually still is? Do we allow what he said, how he lived, who he was to shape who we are and how we live today. Could his questionable moral actions 2,000 years ago have significantly shaped the morality of society today? Do we acknowledge that within all the Jesus talk there is mystery and wonder and awe? Do we acknowledge that within all, within all, of, all of us those things exist too because that's part of what it means to be human? What if there really is something to this whole Jesus thing? <laughs>